Romans 12. Let's go ahead and begin with verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, be genuine. Don't be fake loving me. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. All right, no slacking. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Somebody said action. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. I feel like I'm a little loud. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. We used to live in humble Texas, and they pronounce it humble. So associate with the humble. So is humble a more humble way of saying humble? <laughs> Do not be wise in your own opinion. Don't be smart, Alex. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We say peacemakers. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Now, is that a contradiction? In this soundbite culture, we just are so quick. The press is really bad at it. Just grabbing things a person says without hearing the whole statement. So let's don't do that with the word. Listen to the whole statement. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So what is he saying, giving place to wrath? He's talking about the wrath of God. Don't take vengeance on someone. Leave that to God. Leave that to the wrath of God. Maybe you're ticked off that God never punishes evildoers. Well, maybe if you get out of the way, you'd let him. <laughs> Therefore, and he quotes the scriptures, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every soul be subject. Tell your neighbor, submit. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, as Americans, put yourself in this context. What's the name of this book? Romans. Who's the ultimate authority politically at that time this letter was written? Nero. And before him was... Claudius, and before him was Caligula, and before him was Augustine. You talk about some bad, evil guys. 
Stay out of God's way. One of the authorities in, in Judea was Herod. The saints got out of his way and he was eaten instantly by worms when he received worship from people. So stay out of God's way. Our place is let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil. That's why government exists, because of evil in the world. There is one mindset that the reason evil exists is the lack of economic opportunity. Poverty is the cause of evil. Oh, really? Then why are there evil rich people? And why aren't all poor people evil? That doesn't hold any water. That boat won't float. That bucket won't carry. Government exists because there's evil in the world. People are evil, and we need government. And so rulers are a terror not to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. I know there are times, some governments, where it's illegal to be a believer. It's illegal to worship God. We're told to do good, and ultimately, you're going to receive praise for it. If not in this world in the world to come. Verse 4, For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, can you say respect? Honor to whom honor. Some of the enemies of Jesus attempted to trip him up with a political discussion on taxes. Should we pay taxes to Caesar? Should we not just pay things that are related to God? And Jesus cleverly answered their question with a question. But first of all, he asked for a coin, and he said, whose inscription is on this coin? They said Caesar. So with the word Caesar coming out of their mouth, he handed them back the coin and says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. Brilliant defense, but it's not just a clever defense. It's, it's the value of the kingdom. Understanding the earthly kingdoms need financing, it's God's will that we pay taxes. So to declare your home a sovereign state, declare independence, and go into a revolution and stop paying your property taxes, that's going to wind up in homelessness. People are doing that. There's some other people that declare Texas is independent of the Union, so they're not going to submit to the federalization of our state. They're just going to be independent Texans. Guess what? You're going to go down. What happened, happened. You can't go back in time and undo stuff. We are now part of the 50 states. It wasn't 50 when we became part of it. We've got to submit to authorities that exist. Verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, 
You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that in so many words. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision, no excuse for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Or no provision for the flesh to lust. What I want does not trump what he wants. Can I get a big amen? Amen. amen. So talking to you as Americans actually talking to us as believers, as believers in Jesus. From any country, this word will relate. As believers in Jesus, we are citizens of two kingdoms. Our citizenship is dual. When Paul was arrested in Acts 21, we saw this a few weeks ago, he said, hey, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. They thought he was an Egyptian revolutionary. He appealed to them on behalf of his citizenship of the city of Tarsus in Cilicia. Another time, he defended himself from getting a good beating uh, in this same incarceration experience. Hey, I'm a Roman citizen. So he believed in earthly citizenship. I mean, that, that is reality, but he also believed in eternal citizenship. He told the church in Philippi, chapter 3, verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So my citizenship isn't coming. We don't have our heavenly green card. We are citizens. We were aliens, but now that we've been born again, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, we are now now, right now, present tense, citizens of the kingdom of God. Well, why ain't I in heaven yet? Well, you're on assignment. We'll see in a minute, we're ambassadors. Our citizenship is governed in both places. We have government in our earthly citizenship. And we have government in our heavenly citizenship. God's government obviously trumps all earthly governments. But in his government, he tells us to submit to earthly governments. We just read it. Let every soul, let every life, every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. Well, my authorities aren't perfect. Well, you don't think God knows that? You don't think he's surprised by corrupt authorities? He knows that. He's developing character in us that cannot be formed unless we submit to authority. Do you know if you don't submit to authority, you have no authority? It's true. As a kid, your parents will give you permission to do something. You go beyond the permission they gave you. Guess what? Next time, no permission. You lose authority by not submitting to the one that has deputized you to serve in 
their place, representing them. So we're here on the earth representing the kingdom of God, and as in so doing, we submit to authorities. Having lived in other countries, I had the experience of the authorities in place of another country. I couldn't pull the, well, I'm an American card. I don't have to abide by your, you know, in Zimbabwe, they drive on the wrong side of the road. I had someone tell me, our steering wheel is on the right side of the car, therefore everywhere we drive is right. No, but I have to abide by the authorities that exist in the nation where I am. Otherwise, I have a head-on collision with trouble. Our citizenship is giving. We pay taxes because of this, our submission. We also pay taxes. God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. You don't stop. Well, I paid my taxes last year. I don't like what they're doing with my money. I'm going to stop. Guess what? You're going to suffer. <laughs> I'm going to live under the radar. Well, what kind of living is that? Our citizenship is honoring. Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And Carl Kaspick, this one is for you. Would you like a bottle of honor do? <laughs> Give to all men what they are due. So everyone is created in the image of God. Who believes that? You believe in creation? You believe we're in creating God's image? Therefore, they are worthy of some sort of respect, right? Well, they did wrong. Well, the authorities that exist may need to know, you know, dial, you know, call the, call the police, but... My main thing, you need to be respectful to others as believers. Well, we know more than they do. Well, really, being a believer doesn't exactly put you at the top of the pile. 1 Corinthians 1 says that not many, didn't say not any, thank God, but not many of those in the kingdom are wise, not many are noble, not many are mighty. So we're just a bunch of nitwits the Lord had mercy on. But he doesn't leave us that way. We're going somewhere. He's given us wisdom that lasts. He's given us an education in the school of hard knocks. More importantly, through the word, it's better to learn from the experience than from experience. Who, can, who would agree with that? As we walk in humility, recognizing that God is a greater one, we are called to give honor to at least when you see someone do wrong, at least give them the honor of fact-checking. Did they really do what you heard they did? In this day with so many news outlets and everyone having their own personal news magazine, fake news gets in there and gets a lot of traction. Our culture is fighting all about that. Sometime back, actually not too far back, Costco was accused of putting fiction stickers on all their Bibles, and Christians were losing their mind about this. I'm not going to go back to Costco. Well, when they did research, one Christian went to Costco and saw one fiction sticker on one Bible and took a picture of it, and the thing kind of went viral. Maybe you got drawn into that. Well, when they investigated it, one teenager got one Bible and one fiction sticker and put them together. That was it. No more Bibles had fiction stickers on them. 
you were embarrassed by that, a little fact-checking would... And these things, you'll probably see it posted somewhere tomorrow. These things never die. They just keep on going. I mean, I saw one not too long ago. Madeline Murray O'Hare is trying to take Christianity off of TV. Really? She's been dead for years. <laughs> Give people honor. Our citizenship is an ambassadorship. We're ambassadorial. An ambassador is an official who represents their nation while in another nation. Yvette uh, and I were in Zimbabwe during their election, and the day after the election, we met some of the international observers. They brought in observers from other countries to visit the polling places to make sure everything was copacetic. And of course, they didn't speak the language, so I don't know, they didn't see anybody get beat up, you know. But they didn't understand why some people were turned away, if they were. And they certainly weren't there when the votes were getting counted. But needless to say, they had a good trip. And we met someone there that where we were staying. We were celebrating our 40th back at the place where we had our original honeymoon, a place called Troutbeck in Inyanga, in the eastern highlands of Zimbabwe. And um, this person told us that we, too, are ambassadors, that we represent America everywhere we go. And so when you leave this country, you, re you represent America. Don't forget that. There are some countries that call us ugly Americans. Why? Because they saw some American lose his mind at the airport, ranting and raving about his rights that are being violated. That's, that carries traction here, but not in other countries. Right? All right. 2 Corinthians 5. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What does this mean? We represent the Lord, helping people see their need for reconciliation with God. The word Wana Brickshire gave early in the service to us about forgiving those that have done us wrong and wiping the chalkboard clean. That is a that was a word given by an ambassador of reconciliation. Let it go, let it go. Let, the world needs that. The world sings about that. The world pines for that, but they don't have that. But the kingdom of God has it. Amen? And so as his ambassadors, we are here to represent the kingdom of God in this republic called the USA. That's our citizenship, both heavenly and earthly both temporary and eternal. We live between the now, we live in the now, between the now and the not yet. And yet now then, we are ambassadors. Not going to be one, you are one. Well, I don't want to be. Well, you've been drafted. Our citizenship is prayerful. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, first of all, when you say priority, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Yep, even the person you can't stand. They need supplication, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving. Intercession is when you put yourself in someone's place and plead their case. Supplication it lends itself to begging. I mean, this is desperate, fervent praying for all people. For kings and all who are in authority, in high positions. Why? So that we may live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified 
every way. So where your life is getting disturbed by those in authority, it's a call to pray. Where your life is being upset by neighbors, fellow co-workers, what is that? A call for revenge? No, a call to pray. Yes, I'll pray and call down fire on them. No, that's not, that's not intercession. You'd be calling down fire on yourself, right? You're pleading their case on behalf of them as though you were them. Our citizenship is now. It's not off in the future. Now we're citizens of the kingdom of God. Now we are children of God. Now we are new creations. Ephesians 2, Paul also wrote, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built, having been, that's completed action in past time, already done. He's not building us. It's already been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That's his Native American name, chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So as he builds us together, we function as fellow citizens with other saints and members of God's household. We need to not forget who we are. When I was a teenager, my dad took me out for a drive every now and then, and he would give me this speech. And it wasn't a list of do's and don'ts. He said, boy, I don't have much I can give you, but this I can. I gave you my name. Don't forget who you are. And to be honest this morning, I can tell you every screw-up I've ever made in my life was a result of me forgetting who I was. As believers, we need not forget who we are. I'm proud to be an American, but I'm more than that. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is corporate. We're fellow citizens. So if I act the fool, guess what I'm doing? I'm embarrassing my fellow ambassadors, right? So I have a responsibility to you and vice versa to represent the kingdom of God with all our heart. And so when we gather together as ambassadors, church is like an embassy where we encourage one another. A highlight of my childhood was four years in Liberia. I loved it. One year in the jungle, three years in Monrovia, two of which were by a local airport. That was a lot of fun. And then the last one was in a compound right by the beach. Awesome. But the highlight of being there was on Washington's birthday every year, they would celebrate 4th of July at the American Embassy. Because on the 4th of July, it was a rainy season. It rains nonstop for days. Just a deluge. They couldn't have a picnic during that weather, but during Washington's birthday, the dry season, have a picnic. And so it was a highlight. We would go to the embassy. It was like going to America. In fact, the embassies, our embassies are technically America. They're owned by us. You cross that gate, you're in America. Apple pie, ice cream. I had a metabolism that wouldn't quit. Coca-Cola. 
hot dogs, fireworks, the national anthem and all the other patriotic songs. It was just awesome. It was like a trip home for a day. And then we would go back into the real world, back into the third world at the end of that celebration. But during that time, the representatives of America that were living there, doing whatever they were doing, mission work or NGO work or whatever, um, would encourage each other. And that's what we do here at church. We meet together. This is like an embassy. We meet together and encourage one another. This is a taste of heaven. Uh, I just say taste in the smitest, you know, maybe this is just a sniff of heaven in the smallest sense. You may think, man, I sure hope heaven's better than this. It is. It is. Hebrews chapter 10, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As the return of the Lord comes nearer, this is even more urgent, and yet it seems sometimes in our lives it's less urgent. It's high time for some he time with the Lord and with one another. This is about more than going to church. I mean, it is important that we meet together. The King James Version says, not forgetting to assemble ourselves together. That's more than just meeting together. That's more than just a gathering. This watch on my wrist <laughs> is assembled. A Garmin timepiece. I could take it apart in a thousand pieces, however many there is, put all the parts in a bag, and I would have a gathering of watch parts, wouldn't I? But I would not have an assembly. This is a timely word for somebody. Find your place in the body. Serve faithfully. And I know in this 24-7 culture in which we've called to be ambassadors, it is not as easy to do as it once was. But there are ways to connect with other believers. There are ways to communicate with one another. There are ways to exhort one another even daily. We won't get into all the ways there are, but just think about it, and it will come to you. So our citizenship as believers in Jesus is dual. It's governed. It's giving. It's honoring, it's ambassadorial, it's prayerful, it's now, and it is corporate. I'm going to conclude by focusing on the prayerful. We're going to end the service by praying for our nation, praying for our state, our region, our city, and our leaders. But I, I want to show you a video first of someone actually doing this. Now, this video is put out by the MAF, the Missionary Aviation Fellowship. That's a mission-sending mission agency that sends out pilots to serve the, world, serve the Lord in other countries. In fact, Danielle Punches, who went to church here as a kid, uh, she's now Danielle Berg. She's married to a pilot named David, and they're serving with the MAF in Haiti. So this video puts in a request for them at the very end but the front part of the video is about how to pray for leaders. Watch this.
Father God, thank you that you are the King of Kings, that you are the Lord of Lords. Thank you that you know the end from the beginning. Thank you for your word, a word that reminds us that you are the God that can turn the hearts of kings. A word for such a time as this. Lord, as we fix our eyes on you in these times of trouble, we pray for the leaders of the nations. And as we lift up these leaders to you, Jesus, we pray that they will seek your voice and that they will hear you. We pray that they will listen to you. Will you surround them with godly counsel, Lord? And will you pour out your spirit upon them? Because your word reminds us that you give wisdom abundantly. We pray for such wisdom for those in authority. And we remind ourselves, Lord, that it is not flesh and blood that we fight with, but principalities that we wrestle with. Help us all to remain in your love, Lord, allowing mercy to triumph over judgment. And Father, as we stand in your peace at this time, we acknowledge that you are the ultimate authority. Pray for today's leaders. If you did not pray for yesterday's leaders, you need to repent, ask for forgiveness, change your ways, and pray faithfully for today's leaders. Ronald Reagan said this, this is my favorite Reagan quote, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone All right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have a stand and form groups of prayer. If you're not comfortable with this, you don't have to do it. But form groups of three or four, any more than four or five. You won't have time for everyone to participate. But just stand, introduce yourself to one another. and In fact, try to include someone you don't know. And pray for the USA, pray for our leaders, pray for Texas, pray for Hood County, pray for the upcoming elections. Pray for the church, that we would be wise ambassadors for the kingdom of God in the kingdom of darkness. Can we do that? Just stand right now and form groups of three. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break. At your Jesus, Jesus, call these bones to live, call these bones. 
Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, the silence fills. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 Jesus. This is part of our responsibility as believers is to pray and the benefit of praying is the overflow we get blessed in praying by spiritual strength there's nothing like praying for somebody that when they come to mind you don't ever speak ill of them because you just prayed for them right nothing like praying for someone as you pray God fills you with his spirit because you're lining yourself up with the will of heaven who wants God to use them amen at one of his prayer breakfasts, President George W. Bush told a joke, as he often would do, and laughed and shook his shoulders when he did. <laughs> Here's the joke. A pastor was up preaching. A man stood up and began to yell at the, at the end of his sermon, God, I want you to use me. Lord, use me. I want God to use me. Caught the pastor's attention, so he met with him after service and said, you really want God to use you? Yes, I do. He said, well, I think you could start by painting these pews. He showed him where the paint was and the brushes were. A couple weeks later, he realized not one pew had been painted. So he approached the brother and said, brother, I thought you declared you wanted God to use you. Yes, I do. Well, what about these pews? He says, no, I want God to use me as an advisor. I want to be used in a more advisorial capacity. I thought it was funny. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace so that his kingdom can reign and prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get him, tigers. God bless you.